Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Live Lunch with me, Johan and Megan. We've got Matt Carville and Steve Horn back with us on Hello. Live Lunch. Joel's currently uh, at Lambeth Palace with uh, Nikki Gumbo um, and a few other church leaders. So he sends in, well, he hasn't sent in his apologies, but I'm... I don't think he has to apologize for that. He would apologize for not being uh, at the show um, with us. Um, but he... he, he yeah, after a series of him not being around on a Sunday, he, he's been traveling. He was with us at Emmanuel and speaking on the topic of suicide on your mind, um, which when we were actually, when we were talking, when the four of us were sat down before the show began to really plan how we take this forward, uh, have realized that three of us um, on this panel have suicide stories that's really close uh, and personal. So I think we're going to share our stories. We're going to share what our experience uh, has been of it and then I guess bounce off each other and then we've got a few questions that came in on Sunday and people's uh, text through the preach but yeah yeah I mean I'm feeling a bit I think we all are feeling a bit a bit sensitive aren't we on this and it's going to be a hard show personally so yeah I don't know what's gonna happen in the next 20 minutes but I feel like with the two of you uh, we're going to learn some really helpful things so thanks for being with us okay. yeah so I'll, I'll go first and then Megan, you can you can share your story, and Steve, you can share your story. Um, so about a year ago, almost the November last year, uh, I was as at the Clarendon Centre, um, and I, I kept getting my dad kept trying to call me, and I was in a meeting, so I kept answering the call. They kept trying to call me, and when you got a parent who lives in a different country, when they try to frantically call you, you're like, oh, I hope so, something mm. must be really wrong. Mm. Um, so I messaged him saying, "Is everything okay? Can I call you back later?" And I need to speak to you now. And then he just so I called him. I left the meeting, called him. So what's happened? He said. Oh, we found your your cousin's been found she hung herself that's all he said and i was like okay <laughs> okay I'm, i need to go back to this meeting and this is this is a cousin there's only a, a year between us we were at her wedding in germany a couple of years ago um so yeah when really close cousin we were on whatsapp and all of this um my family's quite a tight-knit family mm. and i remember like walking back into this meeting thinking i could get through the meeting and just being in an absolute daze, so there's no way I can sit through this meeting because I'm not in there. I'm not here at all. Um, went back home, broke down with Amy. Told her, told her exactly in the same way, as, uh, using the same words that my dad had. Like he, he in a state of shock, and then I went mm. to a funeral and stuff in Germany. Um, but it was, yeah, it was an incredibly hard experience because you, prior to that, you, you get like. It's your conversations and you get the Instagram posts about um, watch out for people and look out for mm. people and mm. the good and the Samaritan um, and, and all of those things. And suddenly it's like, man, this is now part of my story. This mm. is somebody who I grew up with. This is somebody who um, who I loved very much. Mm. And now she's gone. And yeah, and, and I, so I'm, I'm trying to like collect my, my thoughts and, and try to really say, communicate what I want to say is... So she, so she was a very committed Christian. Um, wow. She really believed in serving the poor, and she was in Germany, so she was doing a lot to help refugees. And um, but in her communication, would say that I'm doing this because it's so important to communicate the love of Jesus through looking after the poor and the vulnerable. And we knew that she was struggling with with depression, and we knew she'd been on antidepressants for a few years. Um, mm. But I think she'd been getting better. She got married mm. recently. Uh, yeah, and then you get you get the news that she's no more. She's she's taken her life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then you look back at all the previous conversations and the previous text messages, and her last message was was, was very much about pray for me and and pray for this enterprise that I'm building that that helps spread the love of Jesus. Um, so yeah, so I think so that was like a real sucker punch. Um, and I, even in in the in the notes that she left behind, she 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 said, um, um, "I don't want to be a burden to you anymore. I don't want to be a burden to my husband anymore. Go mm-hmm. and live free of me." And it's like, I, I, I don't think any of that was true. I don't think your husband or your parents or any of your family ever, even mm-hmm. if you may have been forever burden, I don't know, would say, "I'm so glad you're not around because mm-hmm. I'm glad that burden has gone." Yeah. It's not. It's not true. We do anything yeah. Yeah. to, you know, to like have her back yeah. in our lives. Burdens or no burdens. Um, but and, and I guess I, th- I think the thing that that make that's got me thinking is, is is often we can be quite flippant with our relationships and um, communicate. Fr- I guess frustration at, in difficult times. I, I'm, I'm, this this mm. this may be just me. Um, and just never wanting to communicate to somebody that you know, you're a burden to me. Oh, you're a hassle to me. I, again, I don't think my my uncle and my aunt ever communicated that to her. Yeah. They were so caring and so loving with her. But I guess for me, on, on this side, it's scary because you, you you kind of like rally around around family and around people mm-hmm. when that happens, and you get really supportive and and very in, encouraging uh, and saying, "Well, she's Christian, so she's now with Jesus. She's at peace." She's she's resting, um, and and, and uh, all well-meaning and well-intentioned. But then sometimes I found this for me in the past year, when I've hit low points in my life or I've hit difficult situations, or or that thought is coming really quickly. You know, you get in this and it, mm-hmm. you could be at peace. Yeah, uh, and yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's it's finished, and I have to cut it straight away. Like no, 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 no. I, I know the the bomb that's been set off in our family's life. That when we're still living with the reality of her not being around, with the pain of her not being around, with mm-hmm. uh, with the hardship mm-hmm. of her not being around, irrespective of her circumstances or anything uh, in life was. And 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 Joel said that 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 lie can come into you so quickly, and yeah. just do not let it be a companion. Do not let it stay in there. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Talk and communicate and and. and Kill it with with truth, with yeah. with truth yeah. about um, the Jesus's plans for you and, and Jesus's mm-hmm. his purposes for you. So so yeah, so that that mm-hmm. was that was my it's, yeah. It happened a year ago. It's still quite fresh for me. You, I'm still. But you are pulling out some things that Joel spoke about really because mm-hmm. I think you know that again. Even the pain. It's not like if you got a, lost a family member to illness. Mm-hmm. Or it, that's sad. But this this. This feels like robbery. It feels like, mm-hmm. and, and uh, the sense that he said about suicide being cutting yourself off, based on a lie. But even then, you've cut yourself away. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, it just feels such harder to to process or and and work through. Yeah, I think. Um, but th- then you're alluding also to the fact that he said, but often we get that thought in our mind. Yeah, it's something we could never entertain, mm. and yet, like with a godly woman who's serving the poor, mm. you think. Somehow she did get to the point mm. where she believed that, yeah. even mm. though it was an outrageous lie. And I, so again, I think the talk's really helpful because I don't, a we don't ever talk about this, we don't mm. think about it. And I, I'm amazed how many people have even coming up to they've seen this talk as the talk where they're like, "Are you really doing this?" 
are you are you being care are you mm -hmm. you know what, have you got everything because i think it's just a conversation we don't like going to but it, again i think you allude to the shame and the but also the sense of pain that you are opening up yeah and i think that's what we were seeing on sunday was most people there that there's pain somewhere yeah there is we've all experienced some pain or that's come from this and but again so important that even now we're, we're talking about it now but mm -hmm. and, and how individual differences are mm -hmm. as well but yeah I mean I think uh, man yeah thank you yeah um yeah uh, personally I I don't know how long it was now but um I remember coming back home and my parents sitting me down in the dining room and telling me that um my cousin had um killed himself and um, yeah, I've just been feeling really numb up until basically Sunday when when we spoke about it, and I'm starting to realise why <clears throat> why he um, maybe why he did it, and trying to put pieces together. And uh, like his his parents weren't around, and they like I know his mum left him, and his dad was selling drugs, and um, then also died. And I guess for me, it's like well maybe. I could have been there for him, but also just felt really numb up until now. And, and now I'm like actually just feeling like my heart's breaking for those that are lonely. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm st it's, it's definitely a fresh thing that I'm starting to face. It's like um, with Emma in the, in the interview that you did with her last week for um, the sex talk. And, mm. um, and she was saying how she'd been through lots, but it took up and like almost years into her yeah. um, relationship with Christ for um, for God to start bringing mm. things up and bringing restoration and healing um, and I think that's where I'm at with God right now he's starting to bring things up and yeah and even just like I didn't have a good relationship with him like, I, I mean like we weren't you know always going around each other's houses or anything but um I think there was almost on Sunday a bit of anger towards my parents being like, oh, if I'd had more time. and um, But yeah, I just think God's bringing up loads of stuff and breaking my heart for those that are lonely. Yeah, that's a, that's a proce process to go through. And, and I think that's yeah, one of the things that John mentioned, just how, me how for so many of us, this is, this is not <coughs> an academic thing. This is something that people we know, people who attempt suicide, people or people even in that situation that, that, are, that are listening to this. And I think one of the, the the common thread there and Joel talked about it as well is is that thing of um, isolation that thing of you know I, th I guess I've even talked about it a few weeks ago in that talk when I was talking about identity and actually what God says about us and the words that the truth of who we are in God is that God wants us to to grow and to flourish and that you know, expressing with my hands there there's something that who we are in God is meant to is to flourish and be bigger than ourselves and be part of a community that's bigger than ourselves. Mm. And actually, in so many of these stories, what we see is people uh, who are, are, are afflicted with a depression. There, there is a there is a minimizing. There is a I'm a burden, and so mm. I'm I'm restricting myself, I'm pulling myself yeah. away because I'm a burden to mm. you. And they mm. become less and less of themselves. Mm. And that's the what the um, really I would say demonic lies mm. counter to what. God says about us that said, no, you're nothing, you're worthless, no one wants you, pull yourself away from other people. And that is that sort of process that gets people into a situation where, where it's the thing, actually, it's beneficial for me mm. to end my life and not be mm. here, well, uh, which is tragic. What would you say to somebody who's in, in Megan's position or 
where it's all coming back up again now after hearing a preach on suicide how would you counsel them what, what, what should they do i think emma alluded to how she found help which is i think she found a couple of ladies who she could talk to mm. and i think you know whether it's counseling but even just people who will listen mm. who people who are you feel emotionally able to take what i'm about to give you um, so obviously in the church we've got like our pastoral support team that we've mm. but I think anyone who you know I'm, this isn't in a sense going to burden you I've, you've got you've got a faith in God that mm. that you can carry this but I think it is it's just like um, I need to take this somewhere otherwise it just goes in and it gets mm. worse there's, there's no way there, there's no way forward and I think she would say that's yeah I met with a few they, they met with me and carried on through mm. And, and I, I think to even get, so even you're doing something immensely brave, which is just even sharing it here, which again is not, you know, you're like, <laughs> big breath, I'm going to share this. That, this is our counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so why you obviously got us in, yeah, you know, yeah. you, it's like, yeah. but I think even that is the first step. So even on Sunday, there will be people who even now they've held this. I mean, it's amazing how much shame jumps on suicide. I mm -hmm. mean, I, you know, we do the redemption groups and we have people share stuff and you, mm -hmm. you hear everything. It's amazing how sometimes the hardest thing is is the whole area of suicide. It seems to be so locked up. Yeah. It feels like I've committed the unforgivable sin, and I think that's the again the difficulty in churches is it's it's the unforgivable sin. It's the one where mm. where if you do that, you're not even going to go to heaven. There's no mm. there's no way back from that. And actually, we, we don't believe that. Mm. We don't. We think God's you know, the blood of Christ covers all our sin. Mm. Every sin is is <coughs> separates us from from heaven and mm. from life. Um, and this is just one of those. Do but you think that's helpful advice to somebody who is actually? I, I'm, I'm asking. This is not a pre-planned question. Yeah. So I'm asking you for somebody who is is thinking of of taking their life, saying, "Oh well, it's just it's just another sin. I'll get forgiven and I'll get to heaven." And actually, that'd be amazing because all the pain will end and all the suffering will end. What would you say to them? Well, I, I guess uh, Joel kind of uh, touched on that in the talk as well. I suppose in terms of when he's saying, "Well." There's a, there's, a, there's a few things going on there. Are you trusting God or not trusting God? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you're in one sense, you're saying, well, I'm trusting God that he'll sort out my eternity, yeah. um, and which is, which is good, which is great. <coughs> okay, so let's take that grain of faith. And sometimes yeah. it only feels like a grain of faith in, in the midst of all the, the suffering and difficulty. Yeah. Okay, if God can sort out your eternal future, he yeah. can also sort out your, and help you in your situation right now. Mm -hmm. And for this day and for this it's, it's, it's helping people to see that actually God cares about where you are right now and wants to lead you through right now and it's, it's in a walk of faith and so for some people to not take their life will be a, a step of faith Brilliant. and and it would be something that's incredibly difficult to do because they might feel all these lies and this pressure and this yeah. and the way they have suffered for so long but no God, no, God cares. If, if you can trust him, and leave him a little bit, well, trust yeah. him for today. Yeah. Trust him enough that when you share yeah. with others, that will be part of the process. Yeah. And I think the, to add to what Steve is saying there as well, I think, you know, how do we process this? I think it's, it's, it's also uh, acknowledging that it does take time. Yeah. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. there can be a feeling, um, in some respects, well-meaning within in church and in Christian circles that because of what Jesus has done, any situation, any illness, any suffering, mm -hmm. anything, right, if we just get together and we're in faith and we pray a prayer mm. and tell it to go, and that's it. Mm. 
Now, God does use that prayer of faith, and we pray for we on our Sunday services. We, you know, we say, "Come forward, get prayer," because we believe in God answering prayer. But we also believe in God answering prayer in His timing over a while. Just because it takes time doesn't mean it's not God. And I think sometimes when we we feel I'm suffering, this is difficult. I'm in grief. Yep. You think, okay, yeah, grief does take time because I think God is gracious. Yeah in bringing us through a process because he's 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 taking care of us he's not just saying you know but the, the fact that you, you've lost someone that's close to you mm. in one sense you, you don't want to feel better about it tomorrow you know you you want to honor their memory and you want to you know it, it's not just like oh that feels bad to me like god get rid of that mm. no god helps us to to process that and mm. and come through that and it, that takes time but that God is walking with us in that, and He uses one another in the Christian church in order to do that. Thank you. Just on that as well, I think um, what's what we're touching on with our stories mm-hmm. is that it's my life to take, and I think that Joel made that point a little bit as well. Is and I think that's often what I would say to people who are feeling is, but the lie here is you are a burden that no one loves you, but actually you know <coughs> that we do. And I think when I, my friend, again, your cousins, you know, it's, it's, it, even it doesn't have to be, it's only a small area, but even then this feels like you're robbed or something's been taken away from you. And yet it's their life. And it's like the, the delusion is, no, it's only me. Mm. And we forget that we're part of community. We're part of family. We're part of, mm-hmm. in fact, we are more connected than we realize. Mm-hmm. But in the moment of that moment, you're just thinking about me and how do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. And, and you can understand that. And, um, you know, there could be lots of things playing into that power, but the reality is that no, it's not your life. And and he said about leaving a grenade, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's what it is. It's a grenade that goes and it's it goes far and wide. And I think the closer the relationship, the the bigger the shaft, the bigger the hit. But everyone mm-hmm. gets hit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, when I, he was alluding to my my story and his preach, this close friend, you know, very very close friend, um, did life with all my life. Um, when he did that, I said I was surprised that uh, obviously there was a phone call at the beginning, and I just but actually in my heart I I just couldn't go near this relationship anymore. It was like the sense of I didn't matter to you. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. I really mattered to you. It, again, all my own self, but actually, really, they wouldn't have. They must have thought that wasn't true. Yeah. To have done mm-hmm. what they did. This is a friend of yours. Yeah, attempted suicide. Attempted suicide, right. and I think. Again, to get that back, to get that relationship back, and I think it's the same with people's relationship with God, that I couldn't, the, the level of offence and the level of hurt and pain, and again, we're talking mm. about huge pain in all of this, um, I couldn't drag myself to that conversation or the healing moment, but so I needed my wife at the time needed to get me in the room with him, I couldn't have, and his wife, his partner needed to get him in the room so that we could at least talk about what happened mm. and talk about how we, we were hurt. A- and I was living with like you were saying guilt of but why wasn't I there again there was a season where we weren't close we went in different directions feeling oh so it was my fault so again carrying false guilt so again that even stopped me going into the so I was angry Mm. angry at them but also feeling really guilty so those two things stopping the whole conversation Mm. which eventually when we got in the same room and truth comes which again was showing that truth comes oh then the relationship immediately connects again because it is what it was it was mm. all our disconnection all our distance was based on a lie mm. on both sides different lies same power of yeah. separation and I think again that's this big in all of this is 
how do we get back from where we are? How do we get back to the situation of yeah. relationship again, which is actually the healing place mm. and the and the and the whole place going forwards? And I think mm. again, we just you, you're realizing in this subject that is a big jump. There is a faith step. There is someone <coughs> who has to mediate. There is someone yeah. who has to bring it all together. What did uh, you? How did you work with God and Jesus in your life? How did that help you through that process? Yeah. Well, I think, I think obviously when you have a wife and pastors as well who realize that what would Jesus do in it? I mean, it's a tweet, but actually you, there's forgiveness. Mm. Um, I think the reality of loss as well. Um, and I think that he he's in what's about to happen. He's taking us through it as well. But I think the, the awareness, you, your faith is, I can't do this on my own, but there is one to help me. Yeah. I think that's massive in your faith, that I'm not alone in this. Actually, there are people I can talk to again. I can start to talk to people and they can help me walk this journey back to forgiveness, mm -hmm. um, relationship, relationship with God, relationship with the you know, horizontal and, and vertical. Um, all of that is where the Christian faith really plays in. And, and I think as well, he, he gets to work in your heart, doesn't he? You know this isn't right. This isn't right. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is wrong. This is, not, this is not what I was made for. This is not, this is not what I was... The, yeah, I there must be something more than this. Yeah. I must be able to do something about this yeah. rather than live in this death or this mourning or grief. There must be life here. Yeah. And I think, again, that's where the Christian faith plays in is, yeah. okay, so what needs to happen here? Yeah. Well, first thing is, I need some help. I need help to do this. Yeah. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's something we yeah. we talk a lot about. We believe so strongly in yeah. uh, in our church about the being baptized and being regularly f being filled with the Holy Spirit yes. as, as an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, and I can I can imagine that when the Holy Spirit comes comes on you, it brings peace, it brings comfort, uh, it drives away lies. And and there's there's something about that which we we're not putting in the effort. We're not trying to argue things around. It's just God's presence and God's Spirit yeah. coming upon you and, and bringing peace in that moment and bringing transformation. And I guess my question is, if somebody's struggling with, with thoughts, whether it's suicidal or whether it's just frustration with. Uh, somebody who has either committed suicide or, or or has attempted suicide, um, how would you tell them to lean into being filled with the Holy Spirit? Or what would you say they should do to really be filled with the Spirit in that moment? Well, I think um, um, Jesus talks a lot about our, our thirst for God, mm. you know, in terms of the introduction of uh, people being filled with the Spirit in the New Testament is Jesus saying, if anyone's thirsty, mm. come to me. Now, I think for, for a Christian, sometimes we're aware of our thirst and sometimes we have to cultivate our thirst. And sometimes we get to a point of being desperate in our lives and you're just like, God, I just need your breakthrough now. Mm. Um, and, you know, what I was talking about earlier about, just it feels like a small bit of faith, but mm. where it causes us to, to cry out to God. And, and I think if that's, if that's where you are at, use that. If that's all you've got, you know, we believe God is a compassionate father who mm. who knows what we need he's not he's not presented with a, us with a ladder to mm. get up to him and right yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. do this in order to get no he said come to me if you're burdened weary i'll give you rest and yeah. and so um but uh, but i think i think also i think in our in our life in our lives countering the the lies that will say that drawing close to god isn't worth it 
because I think we all, yeah. what we're t- when we're talking about the depression and we're talking about these suicidal thoughts being uh, uh, and the, the enemy being a liar and that's one of the things that will come under attack the mm-hmm. fact that God God's forgotten about you God doesn't care opening your Bible's not going to help praying to God asking him for help what's he done in your life you feel like this and God's not there those are the the thoughts that will assail a Christian mm-hmm. and partly I think it's recognizing them for what they are and, and say, no, actually, I'm, I'm feeling this way partly because there's an enemy who doesn't want me to enjoy the filling of the Holy Spirit, to enjoy the presence of God and the truth of God in my life. And I think part of it is just acknowledging that and saying, no, I'm, I'm going to choose. not. No, God is good. And, and keep turning to, to God's goodness. And sometimes, as we've been saying, where we are in our lives is, is somewhere where it's very difficult to do that as an individual mm-hmm. and that's why welcoming other people into a life and getting alongside other people that are going to remind us and I think sometimes um, that's the, that's often the, one of the first things to go when people are struggling is mm-hmm. I'm struggling and so I'm, I'm just not going to go to church this week yeah. or I'm just not going to go to my small group or I'm just yeah. not going to share this thing that I'm struggling with a Christian friend yeah. Because the the enemy knows if he can get you alone, you're easier to pick off. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can think, well, I'm feeling this, so I've got to sort my Christian life out, and I've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I've got to get my prayer life back on track, and that yeah. sort of thing. We yeah. can feel that kind of pressure, and it's like, yeah, but in, include others, get others to minister that truth to you yeah. if you're not feeling yourself so as well. Good. So good, mate. I, I think also for even that the, the being of intensity if you're suicidal you're wrestling with all those thoughts as well I think obviously you've got to exclude the physical you've got to exclude a mental illness psychosis you know I think a lot of if there's mums you know th- there's a lot of women who suffer with post sort of um, natal depression that, that can easily and, and I think it catches everyone by surprise um, you know insomnia um, and some of the, the roots of that um, you're medically in a place where you actually need some help. You need you you, you need some medical intervention mm-hmm. so that your body is able to, and your mind are able to receive the truths mm-hmm. that, that allow open the way up to the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. And so sometimes we can just say to people, "Oh no, you just need mm-hmm. to again." That's the other thing is, you, "Oh, you just need to worship." Or you just mm-hmm. well, well, no, no, maybe there may be some steps back. Yeah. And I think also, yeah, like when you're broken or weak, you know, like this is about Moses. They lifted his hands up so he he mm. was done mm-hmm. he was done but by lifting his hands up he could actually experience the presence of God mm-hmm. and I think for us to seek those that are weak again I think even you say but I've got a heart for the lonely now mm-hmm. we, we should all really have a heart for the lonely mm-hmm. Jesus heart was for the one the one on the own the one on the edge so even on a church morning sometimes I think do we we look for the one on their own sitting on their own because I think often you get a criticism where the church didn't care for me didn't love yeah. me yeah. But I think again, we've got to keep. It's so easy to go to our friends and miss yeah. the alone, and even that conversation. And I've heard so many stories, even recently, of people have come to church and because someone spoke to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, even recently, even in the next six months, someone said, because they spoke to me, yeah. I had plans to go and commit suicide. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and suddenly it, the truth came I mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I matter. That con- now someone must have sought that conversation someone must have noticed them totally withdrawn mm. totally on their own and they went to them they probably don't even know mm. they gave life to that person mm. but they did and I think again as Christians us being so aware even uh, because this subject is live now it's so, so good to think right 
well, where can I make a difference? Yeah. Jesus, let me see what you're seeing. And so I think that, that's huge as well. So good. Thank you so much. Um, sorry, we had time to get to the questions, but really all the questions were answered in, in, in what you've, you've said, talking about how do we, we combat loneliness and isolation? How do we get down into the pit where our friends are and lift them up? How do we, uh, how, you know, how do we rationally or how do we, how do we counsel friends who are feeling suicidal and I think if you, if you look back at the stuff that you've just said over these past over the past half an hour I'm more than confident that you'd find the answers in there uh, just massive mate that was so good thank you that was just wisdom and truth spoke gently and in love and I'm very grateful for the two of you um, next week we are this Sunday we'll, uh, we'll be sp- we'll be looking at Brexit on your mind because we are nearing the 31st of October uh, and anxiety is around our current political situation um, so yeah, so tune in um, next week where we'll be hopefully with Joel. I don't know where <laughs> if if Joel's back. He, back I'm yeah. hoping he's back, um, and then we can we can unpack uh, some of the stuff that he's preached on Sunday around Brexit. But thanks again for being with us. Um, I hope this episode has has helped you. Uh, if please please get in touch. Um, please talk to us. Drop us a message. We'll get back in touch with you if you need to speak. If you need to talk. If you need us to point you to any other resources or or connect you with people. At Emmanuel, uh, I'm looking down. Uh, <laughs> that's the camera. Um, drop us a, a message, drop us a comment, and we will we will we will work our best to connect you into uh, the church community. Thank you so much again for joining us. Please share this episode. You never know who's going to be whose lives are going to be transformed through the listening of what we just said. Mm-hmm. Have a great weekend. That's great.